I figured out early on that my dad cared about two things, God and sports. When it came to sports, I never had a chance. My sister, Carol, had it even worse, being a girl in the pre-Title IX era, meaning she didn't even register on dad's radar screen and never got any attention at all. She married at 19, when I was two, mainly to get out of a house where she was always the moon to her brother's sons. She grew into an adult who craved attention, provoking it with outrageous behavior when necessary, determined to get herself noticed some way, anyway. Once free of our parents' home, she stopped going to church and dyed her hair blonde and wore halter tops and short shorts, all behaviors that scandalized mom and dad. I had to give her one thing. She found a way to get their attention. My brothers had it easier. The one family commitment I can remember Dad always keeping was attending any sporting event in which my brothers competed. Alan, the oldest, was the handsome, responsible kid who ran relay on a high school track team with two guys who later won Olympic gold medals. Alan was always my favorite. While my relationships with Mike and Paul were characterized by long spans of inattention interrupted by bursts of terror and mockery, Alan always paid me attention. He gave me the only nickname I ever liked, Champ, and he actually tried to teach me to swim rather than throwing me in the deep end of the pool to see if I would literally sink or swim, as Mike and Paul did. He was my hero. Mike, the middle boy, I was too young to really count, suffered from the same problems as many middle kids. He was always overlooked a bit, always overshadowed a bit. He ran track, too, but he was never quite as good as Alan. He played football, too, but he was never as good as Paul, which must have especially galled him as he was the older of the two. Skinny and nervous, he would bite his fingernails to the quick, so I remember them as only nubs. He was often angry, and he scared me. Paul, the youngest of my brothers, was the golden child. Handsome, athletic, He was good at the most sacred of sports, football, and talk of him going pro floated around the house for as long as I can remember. Everything seemed to come effortlessly to Paul. Sports, friends, girls, biceps, washboard abs, all of which I spent my own early years noticing I lacked. Absorbed in himself and his own world, Paul barely noticed my existence. But Paul's golden status curdled as he became a bullshit artist as an adolescent and an adult, one who never took responsibility for his actions, always telling tales that were beyond belief to avoid the consequences of his behavior. He totaled Mike's car while driving it illegally at 14, claiming that he lost control because he was trying to get a grasshopper off the windshield. Thanks to his good looks and charm, he pulled off these tall tales time and time again, and never learned the lessons of hard work and responsibility that Mom sought so desperately to impart. Like a white trash version of the Kennedys, our family recreation revolved around intensely competitive games of touch football, church softball games, and basketball at the Y. I was always expected to get on the field and play alongside my dad and brothers. This was a bit of a challenge, as my brothers and their friends outweighed me by as much as 50 to 100 pounds. Most of the time I just ran around, waving my arms frantically, calling, Me! Me! Throw it to me! 
as if someone was actually going to throw me the ball. Hope springs eternal. On the occasions when I did get the ball, events as frequent as appearances of Haley's Comet, my six, seven, eight-year-old hands would invariably fail to grasp the adult-sized basketball or football, and after exclaiming their disgust, "'Come on, Kevin, catch the damn ball!' They'd go back to ignoring me, and I'd go back to running around like a chicken with its head cut off.